0: Good morning. Welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan Lepique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have back with us again today on Advice Worth Keeping, Mr. Ron Walker. Ron is a principal in the U.S. firm focused on a wide range of activities. activities. So, Ron, thanks for joining us here today on Advice Worth Keeping.
1: Thanks, Dan. Great to be here.
0: What we wanted to talk about today are some of the top trends we're seeing in the market. We're having a webcast on January 30th to present the results of some research, but I think when we look at some of the trends we'll talk about here, it's something that's a reality today, and it's not necessarily something new for 2018. So, Ron, let's talk a little bit about process automation. Obviously, a hot topic in the market, so robotics process automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning. We hear a lot about the wonders it will bring to the market or has already brought in some cases. We hear about some of the potential downsides in terms of employee losses. But in terms of your travel, where are you seeing organizations think about or actively apply process automation? What part of the firm are they looking at? What types of initiatives is it being utilized in?
1: Well, actually, I think in reality, every client that I'm speaking with in the marketplace either has an interest or in most cases they're already down a path of implementing in some form some robotic process automation or intelligent automation. In fact, there's not an area with which we're involved with on our clients that doesn't have aspects of that in the solution. So what we're talking about, whether it's a big transformative opportunity or just the process redesign down to the functional level, because it is so pervasive now, simplistic tools, it's relatively efficient, and it's kind of the way of the future – so we've got all those engaged. And it's down to easy robotic process automation inside of finance, HR, IT, and customer care are our primary areas that we're looking at it. And then in the big transformative areas, we're also seeing automation to be used to help either defer or augment large systems initiatives. So if People are looking to go to the cloud in SAP or Oracle. That's quite drastic, and it's what's going to require resources, time, money. But they're looking at using automation to help pull together end-to-end processes and also basically reduce the time or cost to actually improve customer service or employee service. That's what I'm seeing so far in the market.
0: Sounds like it's definitely real today today. So if an organization is taking a wait-and-see approach or maybe looking to play follow the leader, they may be a little bit late already, it sounds like that.
1: It's absolutely here today. If I look at industry by industry, certainly financial services were probably the first and most aggressive to go after just because of the simply scale that there's there. Also, regulatory requirements allowing that to happen. I'm seeing it across industries as well. So in consumer They're aggressively going after it and trying to do things on finance and accounting processes, for example, just trying to link different components in the end-to-end processes across business units as well as geographies. And then actually on the consumer side or when we look at call centers, that's probably the biggest opportunity because it's a big spend area for customers that interact with the consumers directly. And there is up to 80% reduction in a lot of those activities overall overall. And what they require, and you can automate that anywhere from using chatbots and upfront to helping your agents pull up information regarding your customers and clients, as well as doing the after-call actions. It takes a lot of time and multi-screens to do that. Just pulling all that information together makes sense.
0: So beyond cost savings, though. What are organizations looking to gain from their automation efforts, or is it just cost savings? We always hear firms are looking for innovation and transformation, but the reality of a lot of what they're looking for is to save money, help the bottom line, drive up the share price. Are there specific things that you see firms are looking for in terms of benefits from process automation beyond cost savings, or is that something that's very different by function, by industry, and are they really getting that yet, or is that maybe a longer-term proposition, those benefits, after you take some of the initial cost savings?
1: It's a great observation. So cost savings, of course, is always across as an option. But in many cases, particularly like we're working with a lot of utilities right now, they're looking for capacity creation in the utility environment. For example, when we're looking at what's happening with the electric utilities, the rates and having different rate structures and new technologies that are going in, that's going to exponentially increase the demand upon their workforce. And they've got a workforce that's typically retiring. They're pretty expensive. They're also related with the unions. So they're looking for capacity creation. So when we look at automation in their sense, and this is a nuance also with automation in general, is we can take 30 to 50% of people's tasks and automate that and then create opportunity for them to redeploy and or some of those folks can retire early. They don't have to hire. So they're looking at ways to do that. Also, it's not just capacity creation. The chance for us to improve customer service, improve quality. We've talked about instead of doing samplings of things, when we're looking at adjustments of books and journal entries and things along those lines, we can do 100%. We can also do 100% documentation. So the quality in what you tell those bots to do improves the accuracy and auditability of those transactions as well. So we really hit all aspects quality, cost, timeliness of any opportunity when we're looking at automation.
0: How do you address that capacity issue, though, because as we've discussed, it's not necessarily just eliminating jobs. Jobs are eliminated, but really you're eliminating tasks and activities, which might be, in some cases, a whole job, but in many cases might be a portion of a job. So what do you do with a portion of a person? We've heard about upskilling and reskilling, and I think that's one piece of it. How is that being addressed? Is that a big complexity? Are organizations really able to figure out what they're part of people's?
1: That's a really good question. Actually, it's a challenge. A high majority of the opportunities we identify are portions of people, so the partial FTE syndrome there. In order to gain the full productivity of identifying these automation opportunities, you have to not just look at automating what their tasks are. Then you have to look at the entire process design. That looks at a little bit of end-to-end process scope. And then you have to tie that into org design. So, yeah, as you said, using your, your example of 12 people, so say we've hit 50% of each of those 12 people, those tasks can be taken out. And this is very common, by the way. What do we do with all those folks? So now you need to look at some of those folks can be redeployed. Some of them can actually be redesigned and upskilled, but some of them probably can't and need to walk them out. So there's a whole org design and change management effort associated with getting the full benefit out of that 50% identification automation and it's because that's a complexity it's usually not one of those immediate opportunities that pop out it takes some time to actually gain that value in that case and it's actually one of the things that most of our clients are struggling with identifying the opportunities is pretty easy implementing the solutions a little bit more difficult but still relatively easy but how do i get the full benefit and then truly redesigning a process end to end to gain the full value is where it takes more time So
0: maybe to wrap up, Ron, let's talk a little bit about how organizations are undertaking this. Are they doing this on their own? I'm saying on their own relative to if they're in the past using a third-party service provider doing outsourcing. Are they pulling the work back in and doing this on their own? Are they working with perhaps other providers to help enable this? And what's this going to do from the standpoint of organizations who have outsourced? And then, final point, what's it going to do to those firms that are the outsourcers? Is this a big threat for them, or is this really a big opportunity that they can faster, cheaper, better do some of this automation and then maybe even get more of the work from the client?
1: Most organizations, when they actually are committed to looking at automation as a program, have been using some form of help, and in some cases minimal to actually outsourcing the entire help. So it's across the board, and it really depends on how aggressive and how fast organizations want to get there and their expectations on delivery timeframe are. So we help a lot of clients, and it can be just light touch help to helping them actually do the programming. Now what we're seeing is because, to your comment about service providers, some of the outsourcing service providers have significant automation capabilities because they've been doing that for their clients. They're also helping their clients and other clients help on the automation strategy. So organizations like us are very good at helping with the overall strategy, the org design we talked about, change management aspects of it. It has substantially changed some of the service providers' delivery model, but they're now able to take advantage of it to where they're taking on being the bot factory, you know, the robot factory for some of the clients that are trying to be more aggressive and accelerate their opportunities into the forefront. And they'll use an organization like us to prop them up until they can develop their own skills and hire their own skills. The challenge is the market is just so hot and so many people are trying to get into it as there's not a lot of talent to be able to spread. So we're all trying to basically use our resources where they are most effective. and our. Suggesting to most clients is, is use us for a little while, but really focus on hiring your own skills and then leveraging. You can use an outsourcing service provider or until you reach scale, do your own.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. As This is already pervasive, as you've described. It's not something where I think an organization can, for the long term, at least rely on someone else. This really needs to be something that's internalized as part of just good or best business practices. Ron, as usual, great stuff. Thank you very much for your time. We'll have to get you back on advice worth keeping and soon to continue this discussion. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.